coming up. What an excellent day for filming on location. And howdy folks and welcome back. This is Minute 2 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we are endeavoring to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist Minute by Terrifying Minute. My name is Lester Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we will be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Keenan, what are your impressions of this minute? There's a lot going on. I do want to point out again that in the director's cut that we see, uh, this is now the second minute, but in the mm-hmm. version you would have seen if you had seen the version before in 1973, this would have been the opening. Yes. So this was originally the first minute, but it is now the second minute. Um, <laughs> and that was confuse that, anybody. Yeah, this would be the version you would have seen when you were young, right? Um, yeah. Starting with The Rock. Yes, precisely. Um, so this is the version you have seen before. And that was the <laughs> I believe that was the subtitle of, uh, of of the theatrical cut. And everyone was like, why? Why would why we, we put that up there? It's like, it's like, no, um, <laughs> I have seen this before. But yeah, so we are we are shooting on location in Iraq, near Mosul, um, in the actual ruins of ancient Nineveh, a, a place right. called uh, Hatra or Hetra. Like I'm seeing it uh, spelled two different ways, H-A-T-R-A or an H-E-T-R-A. But I've also a- seen that in in uh, Arabic, it's something more like Al-Hadrad or something along those lines. Uh, okay. So maybe there's not an official English like way to spell it. And it's just, right. I'm going to say uh, Hatra because that is how it says in Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> yes. It's, but- it's a very sad Wikipedia article, actually. Uh, yeah. So we we are looking over in our minute on um, this. The well, first of all, I, I think it's worth pointing out that we hmm. we get this um, what looks like the moon in black and white or in yes. silver, but it actually turns out to be the sun, mm-hmm. which yes. I think we could take for granted unless we're like actually looking at what we're th- what we're supposed to be thinking. So we've just yes. come from Georgetown, or we've mm-hmm. just come from um, you know the opening, depending right. on which version you're watching, <laughs> and it definitely is is made to make us think we're looking at the moon. Mm, yeah, um, and it's sort of. Uh, a washed out kind of silvery gray, almost like like what the Warner Brothers logo was. Right. Um, and and this is the first kind of introduction. Again, uh, if it's not the the version you haven't seen before, if it's the opening, uh, this is kind of the introduction of color and just like red just kind of like bleeds into this bright disc in the sky. And, you know, the sky becomes red and you realize, oh, this is the sun. Right. You're watching it become red. And then you think that's about as far as it's going to go and gets redder and redder Mm -hmm. and redder. So it's a very long shot of that. Um, Yes. All all while the the rest of that that beautiful call to prayer, the Adan is uh, is still playing. We get we get the uh, uh, the continuation of that all through this minute. Actually, I think Mm -hmm. Um, it goes it goes all the way through. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're shooting on location in the actual ruins of ancient Nineveh. And this is actually what I was talking about in the first episode where William Friedkin is obsessed with doing it right. He fought so that he could film on location in Iraq. It was really important to him. So important that he managed to get special permission from the Saddam Hussein government right. to film there. And the, the, the stipulations for filming there were actually pretty uh, interesting. Keenan, do, do you know about this? Oh, no, no I don't. Okay, so what, uh, what do you have to do to sell your soul to the devil or Saddam as you would have to be here? So apparently, okay, so apparently it was two things. Firstly, um, he couldn't bring his crew with him from the States. He had to have a crew entirely made up of local people, which he then had to train. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly, he had to promise to teach the folks at the Iraqi State Film Department how to make stage blood. Oh, that is that. Is, <laughs> if you haven't tried to make stage blood or film no. blood at home, you might think that is a ridiculously easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you played around with that, Lester, making it yourself rather than buying it at the store? 
I remember vaguely because I was always into uh, ooky spooky stuff. I remember buying it and thinking, well, this looks, you know, this is easy, makeable, you know, (laughs) right. Um, Just grab some corn syrup and some uh, uh, some red food coloring and and totally destroy my parents' kitchen. Um, Wow. That is really um, interesting. You know, I there are some blind spots that I have as much as I I teach film history um, mm -hmm. and film filmmaking here at Mm -hmm. UNLV Film in Las Vegas. And I have some huge blind spots, such as in, you know, films from the Arab world. And so I, I have not seen an Iraqi film, so I'm not sure how successfully the, uh, Friedkin has uh, has done that. You know how how well he's taught them how to make stage blood. I'd be very interested mm-hmm. to see. Yeah, it is just a very odd stipulation to filming here it's like you have to teach us how to make stage blood um <laughs> you know it is interesting like things that we really take for granted so one of the ones that always sticks in my mind when i'm watching a movie from before 1946 is mm. that they they had not invented chemical snow uh to, to use in movies oh yeah so they had um either feathers or mm-hmm. um or cornflakes sometimes people would would have asbestos uh, yeah. Uh, yeah things like that and then the trouble with that is that you know it doesn't melt on people's clothes the way that Wait, real there's trouble with asbestos snow. what <laughs> Oh, I was even th- I wasn't even thinking about that. Of course, it gives you cancer and <laughs> causes birth defects. But it's the like trouble with microscopic this... <laughs> razor blades, right? Right, exactly. The trouble with asbestos is that it doesn't melt on the actor's face, so it just uh-huh. clearly looks it clumps rather than melting. It, it melts their face, really. Um, <laughs> exactly. No. So, so they had to invent it for It's a Wonderful Life, which is uh-huh. where you get for the first time snow that convincingly melts because that's part of the the story of that movie is seeing the difference when the snow is falling or when it's not. We know which timeline right. we're in. So, I'm always interested in that. I would love to see some. Uh, if we have any viewers who know Iraqi films before mm-hmm. 1973 and after, I would love to hear from that. Oh, yes, that would be great. Also, I forgot to mention, but yeah, like, absolutely. If you want to write in and uh, talk about your first experiences with uh, The Exorcist, whether it be the book or the movie or just growing up and hearing about it, or um, you noticed that we uh, made a mistake, we we said something wrong, we uh, we messed something up, please, please uh, write in and uh, let us know. Um, and you can reach us at The Exorcist Minute at gmail.com but with any movie like this that is is such a huge cultural touchstone there oh, are yeah, stories right? out there that we will not have heard some things that we might be repeating might have been refuted by real historians going back which is often the case you know yes. we learn the legend of a movie which is interesting and don't know the reality of it um, mm-hmm. because the legend is so much more interesting than reality oftentimes right, right. And we are also going to be, I mean, we're, we're going to be, uh, we're going to try to be um, as as sensitive and, and loving as possible, but we are going to get into um, stuff about Christianity, stuff about Catholicism, uh, stuff about, I mean, we've already, uh, you know, mentioned some stuff about Islam and stuff like that. So uh, it, it would be wonderful to hear from uh, from other voices um, representing those sides uh, and and to just kind of like enlighten us uh, on stuff that we, we, you know, admittedly don't know a, a whole lot about. Oh, wow. And now we're about to talk about some of the indigenous religions in Iraq. So if there's yes. anybody who who is a scholar in that respect, because that's what yes. we're looking at here is, right. mm-hmm. is Father, uh, well, we haven't seen Father Merrick yet, right, but right. Father Merrick's team here who are mm-hmm. excavating and uh, we get really wide shots of a lot of extras, a ton and ton mm-hmm. of people all yes. working almost in unison and in these little pockets in the mm-hmm. in the ruins. Yeah. Did you did you say Father Merrick? Uh, I did say Father Merrick, and that's even wrong. Father, <laughs> Father Marin, yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm stopping the emails before they come. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> these guys don't know anything. <laughs> no, it's not in my notes because he's not in this. He's not in this. Right, right, yet. right. Um, but actually, okay. Well, you, you, you raise a very good point, and I think we'll we'll talk about this when he uh, appears. But uh, in the book, in this in this prologue, he is not named. 
Oh, really? That's very yes. interesting. Yes, he is. He is only referred to as the man in khakis. Um, <laughs> not only not only is he not named, but he is not given a voice, so to speak, because he's he's not put in quotes. Um, it's always the curator asked the man in khaki, and the and the man in khaki responded in terms of time, in terms of tea, in terms of something to be done. Right, mm. but that's all. Um, and he actually only says two words. He says home and goodbye. Mm. And I thought that was, that's really, really cool. And to, to phrase him like that as the man in khaki, that makes it feel a little bit much, more colonialist than um, yes. than it might otherwise, right? So yes. it's not that he is uh, he is white or he is um, Swedish or English or wherever the novel is going to say he's from, but that mm-hmm. he's wearing the, uh, the clothes of a colonialist. Yes. Yeah. So very, very interesting. Um, but yeah, we will definitely touch on that when, when we see him, when he makes his appearance. <laughs> um, and yeah, you actually already touched upon this, Keenan. You're much more well-versed in the language of film and how shots are constructed and what goes into every shot. And we, like you said, we are seeing a lot of stuff in this second minute. We have people digging, we have shepherds herding sheep. It's like a a, a river of sheep going through this archaeological site. So many actors, so many animals, so many factors going into, into the shots of this particular minute. Um, Right. uh, One of the things I try to talk to my students about, right? So think about this. We haven't even introduced Father, what's his name? (laughs) Father Marin uh, here. So before we even get into plot, Father Khakis, before we even get into plot, we have a lot of visual and oral information, Mm -hmm. uh, which is very common in really well-constructed films. A lot of uh, Mm -hmm. beginning film students will write screenplays where the first thing that happens is dialogue, uh, where we see a character's face or a character doing something. And that's not typically how well-constructed like cinematic movies are done. So we have this this opening, the 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 opening we've seen before, mm-hmm. uh, that that is a lot of information and, and just sort of setting up a tone and and making you question things rather than mm-hmm. giving answers. So there are yes. questions like, where are we? Oh, we, I thought this was nighttime, but it's a day side uh, mm-hmm. scene. Um, and then think about having two openings essentially in this, the version you've never seen, mm-hmm. two openings full of questions and uh, yes. reveals and things like that. Right, right, exactly. I do love how we have the close up of the pickaxe. Uh, in this minute, and the sound of that thing striking. Uh, go back and listen to it, folks. The the sound of this thing striking the earth. Uh, listen to the sound. Uh, Freakin does some really, really cool stuff uh, with sound in this film, and this is the first instance of that. Like specifically, the second strike of that pit pickaxe it i don't know it, it's like it's very rich it's right like, boom and, and sound design is something that we we tend to overlook unfortunately in film studies mm-hmm. uh it's one some of the last things that we notice as the audience member because it does things to us that uh are at this like primal level where we don't yeah. really understand what we're even we don't even understand that we have heard something of note right. uh when it's letting us do that and in the early 1970s there was actually a big uh sea change in the way that we had designed sound in film mm-hmm. uh so this would be coming on the heels of the work of people like walter murch on the god father and mm. Walter Murch eventually would become the first person with a credit that would be sound designer that was not mm. even a thought before that that would be something individualized rather than um, sound recording and sound editing oh wow and uh, our last shot here is a beautiful shot of the ruins of this temple um, as the words northern Iraq uh, appear on the screen in the bottom left and we move out from the temple and we see that it is in the midst of this larger archaeological site. And again, just like so many people, so much hustling and bustling. Um, And I like that. I mean, I don't know. Keenan, I'm one of those film illiterates who just tries to to interpret things. Oh, Um, you say that sort of thing. You've been saying that for years. Yeah. But I liked the idea that we start on the temple and we are taken almost we are taken out of time and into the present with the with the dig. 
Um, am I am I am I being silly with this? Or oh, like- that is such a good, that is such an, an astute observation, right? Because uh, you know, I'm so we're so familiar with this uh, movie, right? We know the <laughs> ending, and that, that can make it hard for us to really look at at what's going on. So, yeah. of course, we don't know what time period we're in, right? <laughs> so again, if we were coming at this clean, and you know, again, probably if we didn't have the Georgetown opening, that again is a director's cut add-on right. in 2000, the version you've never seen before, the version you've never seen, right? Like when when is this, right? We have the ancient call to prayer. We right. are looking at nature we're looking yes. at ancient ancient stuff so mm-hmm. we wouldn't necessarily know when this is yes i i do like that actually now that you mention it um you know other than other than that uh, that extra little opening uh put on all of this can be uh, I, I, the call to prayer the the temples the i mean even the 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 tools used in the digging um are not like it, this isn't like we're not using like uh um uh, excavators and, and bulldozers and, and and stuff like that this is all right like in a uh, jurassic park with the computer mm-hmm. uh <laughs> the computer right. archaeology tools right yes 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 so um but i do like the kind of like we move out from the temple the temple is all you see for a little bit right and that's a beautiful freaking temple like mm-hmm. ah and uh and then now we see kind of uh people like digging around it uh and i don't know um my initial feeling was i know i know archaeology like they're they're doing things because you know it's like to gain knowledge and to uh um you know to 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 learn more about um uh, the past and everything like that but it almost seemed like pillaging of of this of this like holy site almost well that is that's the question for archaeologists uh, <laughs> ethics i mean that's what that's the kind of thing that they're talking about nowadays mm-hmm. i don't know if that they would be really i don't know how much they would be considering that in mm-hmm. 1973 whether um archaeology is just um grave robbing with a phd behind it or not <laughs> but but that is a question they're asking nowadays for sure yeah and unfortunately so things have changed oh one thing i wanted to ask is i, I wonder about what americans uh attitude was towards iraq before the uh the gulf war in 1991-1992 right. right so <laughs> what did people think if they thought at all about iraq i'm not mm-hmm. sure they even would know where that was all right we might have been in our own little bubble and you know as right. as we often are um, we would have heard of places like Saudi Arabia or Israel or uh, um oh not even quite Iran yet yeah so this mm-hmm. this whole part of the world was not on our radar as far as i'm aware so i wonder what that means you know when you see that title card 1973 northern iraq and you're like i don't know what that is it's, right right <laughs> i'd assume that's in egypt somewhere or or things like that yeah 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 well, uh, I did want to talk a little bit about um, this site, which I yes. had looked up, you know, just to get ready for this podcast. And it Ooh. unfortunately um, has gone through some big changes. Did you happen to see that? Um, I did not. Which site are we okay. talking about? So the 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 Hatra site, the this excavation oh. site. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they are oh, shooting the site, this in... as in I thought you were talking about a website. <laughs> The archaeological. I was like, Hatra has a website? What? (laughs) So let's go, everybody, (laughs) register and make your own little avatar in the metaverse to be at the Hatra website. No, but unfortunately, so this is a place where they are right excavating the actual site of Nineveh, parts of the kingdom of Nineveh, Uh Um, and that ancient site had um, Greek influences and Mm -hmm. um, and Babylonian influences, and then Mm -hmm. Nineveh and Assyrian and on on all this stuff. So there were a bunch of different um, pantheons of gods living Uh in this one archaeological site, which makes it a very fruitful place for archaeologists. So in the 1980s, again, under Saddam, mm-hmm. uh, the site is declared a UNESCO World Heritage Site, right, okay. which is a really um, 
if you don't know, sometimes I get lost, you know, just looking through the UNESCO site or the, just the Wikipedia versions of that, looking through uh-huh. like what the UN has declared to be part of um, the heritage of the human race. Yeah. Uh, so it's places like, you know, the Leaning Tower of Pizza and uh, oh, Pizza, right. oh, sorry, the Leaning Tower of Pizza or Angkor Wat or things did like that. Did you do that on purpose? I did. I absolutely did not. The Leaning Tower of Pizza. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So this was one of them. Um, and so, you know, the the uh, Iraqi government had been protecting it. This is this it's sort of a, a, a point of pride, right, for any country uh-huh. to have this, but especially in right. a lot of uh, autocratic societies, right? This uh-huh. is um, something that even though um, the Saddam government was, you know, uh, Muslim, that having mm-hmm. this, uh, I don't know the the nicer word for it, but the this pagan um, historical site, right, that was good yes. for the prestige of the country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But after the fall of Saddam, then we have things like uh, ISIL coming in, ISIS, as right, we know right. it. Mm-hmm. And so ISIS has actually attacked this site and destroyed all of the pagan uh, gods and all of the pagan archaeological information within the site. Mm-hmm. And so the, the current um, reporting that I saw, which was from about five years ago, all of that is gone, and ISIS kept up the um, the walls and the structures there for the um, the architecture, which still mm. comports with their view of Islam. But right. all of the the ancient artifacts of the different gods from the different pantheons are gone. That's yeah. You right. know, ISIS not good people. <sighs> no, <laughs> Is it okay no. to you go on the record, or are we going to come after? You us? know what? Like we're 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 controversial here, but uh, no. <laughs> wow, I did not know that. Yeah, sorry to just attack them in our second episode, but ISIS, well, ISIS, know. that's not very nice of you. Yeah. That's really terrible. So this is, you know, um, I don't know about this from an archaeological standpoint, but now we have mm-hmm. it on film forever, luckily, right? Because pain is temporary, right. film is forever. We have some <laughs> oh, images. Jesus. We have some images here of, yes. of what the site looks like before the destruction by yes. ISIS. Yes. Wow. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Keenan. Uh, I, I, I do want to uh, touch on, uh, so you mentioned pagan and you were you were a little bit um, unsure uh, whether or not that was Well, yeah, how term. would the pagans like to be referred? They well, like to be referred to by, as pagan. Well, here's an actual, okay, so an interesting thing, because I, I also have kind of gone over, um, you know, the history of witchcraft in Western Europe and, and stuff like that. And I was anticipating getting into that uh, on this show because there are bits uh, in later minutes talking about like, witchcraft and black mass and stuff like that and the idea of i mean like we had like the satanic panic and and, mm-hmm. and all of that in the 80s and and i maybe maybe even as early as the 70s we we had this like idea of like paganism and 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 what we thought it was uh, first of all like the whole word the word pagan from latin basically just meant the people who lived in the country. So the country oh, folk. Yeah. That's it, so interesting because mm-hmm. today we might say like like I said earlier indigenous religions rather than right. So it's almost the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It, the the original the original uh, um, uh, uh, religion or the original people, um, uh, or not even not pagan pagan not even referring to the religion, just the people on the outskirts, right. like in the farms and the villages and stuff like that. Um, and they would separate those people in that way because, like, when Christianity spread over to Western Europe, um, it, it was it was usually hitting like the capitals and the kingdoms and, and stuff like that. Meanwhile, the people out in the boonies, they they were still practicing. They didn't even I don't even think they had a name for it. They just had, mm. they just called it like the old religion or, you know, whatever. But we would know it as witchcraft later on. But they were the they were the Pagani. They were the the country people. It's almost it almost kind of like saying like hillbillies or something like that. Right. right. And, if, um, and they might say like when uh, when the magistrates come visiting, they they put on their crosses or what have you. And then like, oh, we're so Christian. We're so Christian. Yes. And then they would uh, go away and go back to their, their regular right. ways. Yeah. Um, which and, and again, like it is not what is being painted 
by the Catholic Church, and especially like when we get into, you know, Father Karras talking about it in uh, the book and in the, I, I can't remember if they mention it much in the movie or not, but uh, yeah, there's some stuff about like Black Mass and and, and stuff like that, uh, that we, we know a little bit better now. There, there's a lot of um, anti-witchcraft propaganda um, kind of like created by the church, uh, right. and you know, all started from you know when Rome was like spreading it all throughout Western Europe and stuff like that. <laughs> and but, now uh, we have a pope who says things like we should we should respect everybody, and 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 it drives a lot of Catholics crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I mean, like who knew? You know, right. like love everybody and treat everybody as you would want to be treated. Like, isn't that? I don't remember reading that in the Bible. Right. We have a pope no. who who has recently said that he he is um he is not going to say that atheists go to hell, that atheists aren't allowed to go into heaven, and people are like, we need to get a new pope. <laughs> This isn't our Pope. <laughs> oh, I like, wow. I it, like, and yeah, and, and we will, we will definitely talk about that. Um, boy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, getting back to uh, our film and yeah, you mentioned there is this rich pantheon of like pre-Christian spirits and uh, demons and and things like that. One of which uh, plays a you know a pretty big part in this movie. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, talk about him uh, once we see him um, in later minutes. But uh, but yeah, for now, for this minute, that's pretty much all I have. Kenny, do you have anything? anything no, else? I think that's that's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, for a minute without dialogue. With for a minute without dialogue. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, Keenan, I think I know what uh, compels us today. Um, are you thinking it. what I'm thinking? I feel, I feel it for sure. I'm thinking right. what you're thinking. All right. We'll do it on the count of three. Um, one, two, three. The, the power, power of, of paganism, paganism compels, compels you. you.